Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ayo. And very quickly, if the sound sounds a little bit different on this week, maybe a couple subsequent weeks of this podcast, it's because the recording device that I use, that I generally use and travel with, has died on me. So I'm using a secondary device that's a little bit different. So the audio, the acoustics may be a little bit different. But I'll tell you this, if it doesn't sound different, then again, that's a testament to the podcast editing team that I use, and they've done a great job for me up to this point, so I'm loving them very much, and I appreciate all the work that they do. Now, before we get started, brothers, I want to quickly mention that I am hosting a men's retreat in Colombia in October with a couple of other brothers, and the retreat hasn't been fully launched yet. However, I want to put this out there now. I want to begin to inform you guys now. So you can start to think about this. You can start to put this in your intention, your intention of attending, your intention of transmutation, of transformation. You guys all have plenty of time to begin planning for it. And when the registration link becomes available, I'll let you know. Now, the first retreat will be limited to 12 brothers. So if this is something that you're all in for, I, again, I would suggest I would offer that you register as soon as possible. The dates are October 8th to the 14th. Okay, so there's several months away, but we're planning those dates because we'll have a plant medicine ceremony during the full moon, which is that Wednesday, the Wednesday the 11th. So consider that. There's, we definitely know there's going to be that element. There's going to be a lot of transformational elements in this retreat. A lot of work, a lot of high level, high speed consciousness work. But there will be at least one plant medicine ceremony as well, and the location is going to be in Colombia. We know it's in Colombia. That's all the information available today, and I'll keep you guys updated as everything unfolds. Now, let's start part two of the Stop Trying, Start Trusting episode. A couple weeks ago, I opened a very conceptual topic, esoteric topic, spiritual topic, energetic concept, which is a very large shift in consciousness from trying to trust it. And as a very quick review, let me explain what's going on here. And I want to explain the universal truth. I want to review back to the universal truth and, and the framework of the model of alignment very briefly, because it's important. It's going to become even more important as we go deeper into these particular subjects. So the universal truth, if you guys remember, is that there's a circumstance. Circumstance occurs. Circumstances are happening in the moment. It's everything in the moment. Very simply put, it's what's happening. Now, we can break up the circumstance categories into the past, the present, and other people. But clearly, brothers, you guys can all tell that the present is the present, right? The weather, the traffic, the lights, the sounds, and so on. It's all circumstantial. Other people, we break them into their own category because of the amount of triggering they do with our thinking, because of the relationship that human beings have. But really, they're part of the present, too. I mean, other people are here in the moment with us. And then the past is really just the present having happened already. So really, a circumstance is the now. It's the eternal now. It's the eternal oneness. It's the eternal informational field 
of light and love that we swim through as fish swim through water. Now, we have this. We have this circumstance that's occurring now everywhere all at once, and we have thoughts about it. And our thoughts come from the neural network in our brain, right? They're an electrical neural network. Now, the thoughts in the network may not be the same thing, but we know that when we think, the brain lights up. So we may be connecting to mental energy through the receiver of the brain, and then the brain lights up and says received, right? So there's a correlation between thinking in the brain, although we don't necessarily know for certain that thoughts are in the brain, right? We just know that thinking, the brain lights up, well, for all different reasons, essentially when there's a thought, and that's electrical. Now, that doesn't create movement. What creates movement, what creates animation in the body, is the chemicals of emotion. And the neural networks send the electrical signals to the hypothalamus to release the neuropeptides, to release the chemicals of emotion, to get into the bloodstream and into the body, where they connect to the cells through the receptor sites, right, those little keyholes that all the cells have. And they go in and they change the cell. They, they stimulate the cell. I say stimulate because the cells are conscious, right? They're conscious of the stimulation. They're conscious of whatever the message that's being sent by that neuropeptide is. And through their consciousness, they change, they vibrate, they react, and they send signals to the body to move. So our movement is based on how we feel. But it's our thoughts that send those feelings. It's our thoughts that send the chemical messengers from the hypothalamus. So we begins with the thought, or does it, right? Because then we have the cells that may be connected to, in some way, that mental realm of energy that are using then the electrical receiver of the brain that they know is attached to their pharmacy to get those drugs released. Because those cells of our body are really just little drug addicts, right? We're just, we're basically just drug addicted. We're addicted to our emotions. Like that's what we are. We're addicted to our emotions. You know, we may shame and blame and accuse and criticize drug addicts, but every single human being walking on the planet is a drug addict to whatever the emotion that is that they're addicted to, whether that's happiness, Ideally, it's a high vibration. That would be amazing to be addicted to happiness. And I know people out there that are like that. But it could be sadness. It could be victimization. It could be control. It could be some of these other things. It could be depression, right? Sadness, depression. It could be disappointment. It could be shame. It could be guilt. It could be a lot of these other things. Now, the cells don't know good or bad. The cells don't know this feels good or this feels bad. The cells don't know any of that. The cells just know that they want their drugs, so they get that. Then they signal the body to move, and that's where our actions come in. Now, our actions is just body in motion, right? The body in motion, the body's moving around. That's really it. Now, I'm going to come back to that. That's important for you guys to know that actions are, they're the cells of our body utilizing their consciousness and moving the body based on the drugs that they've received, <laughs> based on the chemical messengers that they've received. So it's so wild. We think that we are in control of our bodies. But brothers, I'm telling you here and now that if you are living in your beta condition, you are not in control of your body. Your conscious self, your higher self is not in control of your body. The stories are in control of your body. And the stories are coming from the familiarity, from the need to emotionally regulate, to get the drug. And then from the actions, we get the result, which creates the evidence, right? And that's the feedback loop that we live in in the illusion of the holographic field and the separation because the circumstance which is with us, through us, around us, it, it, it is us, you know, we are the circumstance as well, because other people are the circumstance, so we are as well, which is also something I'll mention in this episode. That is it. That is what is. Because scientists have looked at the vastness of space and the vacuum of subatomic particles, and they found that we have knowledge of less than 1% of everything. 
you know, when I'm saying known, what we know, what we have knowledge of, what I'm talking about is matter and density. The realm of the five senses that we experience as human beings with our consciousness, right? We experience, we're, we're kind of connected to this body. We're connected to this body of these five senses because that's what's known to us. We know what we see. We know what we hear. We know what we smell, taste, and feel. The realm of the unknown, the other 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
That's, new, that's classical physics. And furthermore, the effect of the ball hitting the ground comes from the cause of me letting it go. The time works in a certain way. And that's why it's so hard. This is why we try so hard. We try so hard because we put so much faith and belief into the limitation of the known. We've given so much power to what is so limited. And we've conditioned ourselves and our species to be so dependent on the experience of the known that we don't allow ourselves to trust outside of those extremely limited margins. We don't trust in the unknown. We're afraid of the unknown. And that's creating the suffering. Because it's in the unknown that we find salvation. Where we find enlightenment. Where we find ourselves, Where we find love. We have been conditioned by classical physics and religion to be afraid of the unknown and put all of our trust in what we know. And what we've come to learn, and yet haven't been able to integrate into our schools, into our education, into our own personal development, and into our collective creating of the holographic field, is the more recently developed and discovered quantum physics, which has some really amazing concepts and theories that prove, by creating evidence, for what the mystics have been saying since the beginning of recorded history, written history. You know, all the way back, all the way back to our first times where we were able to passed down oral tradition into written knowledge. That we are one. And what we experience as an illusion of infinite potential being collapses into positions by consciousness. Now, there's a couple of brief examples, right? Like, I don't even know if I want to get into these too deeply. I'm going to save them for next week where we talk about consciousness expansion. But brothers, according to the mathematics of the gravitational field, according to gravitational math, your head is moving at a slightly faster rate than your feet. Think about that. Think about what that means in terms of the reality that we understand. For your head to move at a slightly faster rate than your feet, then over the time that we experience, as we experience time, your head would eventually be removed from your body. Or more accurately put, your body would continue to stretch over the course of your lifetime. Until it eventually separates, right? Until it becomes particle. But this seems... This seems wild. This seems crazy. This seems like science fiction. According to classical physics, if my head is moving faster than my feet, it would come off my body, right? That's what the mind understands. The mind, being caught up in that illusion, can't really even conceptualize this quantum truth. Classical physics says time and move forward. That's the second law of thermodynamics. At the quantum level, the level of where, again, 99.9999999% of everything exists, this isn't true. Time moves forward and backward because time is one. And there are several implications that scientists are studying now and seeing evidence for. For example, for examples, I'm going to give you guys some more examples. Why is it that we only have access to information in the past but not in the future? Right? This implies classically that time moves forward literally, right? so that we remember the past, we have a memory of it, but we can't remember the future. But as I've said, according to quantum mathematics, times move forward and backwards. So this, what this means is that we should theoretically, mathematically, be able to remember the future the way we remember the past. And even though this possibility has been talked about and even demonstrated by the mystics of antiquity, Science is only now being able to prove the phenomenon of premonition and clairvoyance, which is the ability to see into the future. Now, there are other studies that indicate the future has just as much of an effect on the present that we think the past does. 
because that also has to do with the strangeness of time when we get at the quantum level. Remember the ball analogy. If I drop a ball a thousand times, it's going to hit the ground a thousand times. And we think that the effect of the ball hitting the ground is from the cause of me dropping it. That's the classic. Well, scientists are finding evidence that at the quantum level, the ground is just as much of a cause of the ball being dropped as my hand is. That the ground had to be observed by consciousness as a potential before the ball was dropped. And because it was observed as a potential, it becomes the cause of the ball being dropped. Because we believe there is a ground, we're able to let go of the ball. This implies that oneness of space and existence of the observer or consciousness is the foundation of everything. Of course, while all of this evidence is new to the scientific community, none of this is new to the mystic. None of this is new to the mystical, the spiritual communities of humans that are connected to source. Even back thousands of years ago, thousands of years ago, there was the Christ that said when he finds, he will become agitated. And when he becomes agitated, he will be astounded. And then he will reign over all. And when, brothers, when you seek the unknown, you must let go of all of your beliefs that keep you stuck in the prison of safety and familiarity, which is the known. And yes, that's going to agitate you. It's going to agitate you. It will be so uncomfortable. And then you will see. And you will awaken to the truth and you will be astounded. And then you will move mountains with your new perception of the world because you have a closer connection to the truth of what is. You'll have a direct link to source. What I want you guys to take from this episode is two things. First, that trying is matter moving matter. And this means it is always slow and ineffective. It also means that we're going to focus on the, you're focusing on the A line of the model of alignment. And we are once again focusing on the circumstances of the cause. We don't want to do that. We want to focus on the thoughts and the feelings, right? We want to focus on the other, the invisible, the unknown, the power of consciousness. But the second thing I want to offer, and I'll come back to that in a moment. The second thing I want to offer is this episode, I want to see if I have some time at the end to offer you guys some how-to with engaging with this energy of trusting and manifesting. Brothers, consciousness and manifestation through consciousness is a large reason for our being. It's a large reason for our purpose incarnating in this body, in this cellular form. Why is consciousness in the human form? This is the waking up process. There is no other human pursuit more valuable, important, or essential than waking up to the one field of consciousness energy. Everything else is a distraction from the waking up process that actually drives us more into desire to wake up because that's where we end up hitting rock bottom. We hit rock bottom in our distractions and that drives us into waking up because the more we stray from ourselves, the more we stray from source, the more we suffer. And eventually the suffering becomes too much and we move back to source. So a little bit about this, a little bit about matter moving matter. I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but remember, the A-line and the C-line are the same. Circumstances or actions are the same. Your actions are other people's circumstances because your actions, as observed by them, are other people doing and speaking. And again, remember, brothers, that anything that happens in the moment, in the present, even other people are circumstances. They're out of our control. They're neutral. And they're things that everybody would agree to, right, given that we can take a snapshot and record it. So your actions are other people's circumstances, and your circumstances are other people's actions. This means that the A-line and the C-line are really the same thing. Actions and circumstances are the same thing. It's matter moving matter. It's all neutral data. And it's a part of the illusion of materialism and duality. It's disempowering because we tell ourselves the story of absolutism, that if I do this, then that will happen. 
It's this classical Newtonian effect that's basically been creating our, the way we view the world, it's been conditioning the way we view the world for a really long time. And when it doesn't, when it doesn't work out that way, when it doesn't work out in this classical way that we think it should, right? Then look, if person A does action X, then they're going to get result Z. Therefore, if I, as person B, do action X, I'm going to get result Z. Because the action is absolute. And when it doesn't turn out that way because of the energy that's coming from the person, we think there's something wrong with us, right? And of course, much of this behavior comes from the thought pattern of failure and not enoughness, and the body is using that behavior to experience the world the way it believes the world is, which is what I'm talking about when I'm saying those little drug addicts of cells that are really just wanting more of that feeling. Now, trusting is energy-moving matter, and it lives in the thoughts and the feelings. It lives in the mental and astral realm of our more subtle energy bodies. Now, of course, we still need to act. This is always the question I get. Oh, so what you're saying, like, I just don't need to try anything. I don't need to do anything. That's not what I'm saying. We still need to act, at least at this stage in our evolutionary development. At this stage in our evolutionary development, we need to take action because we still don't believe in instant manifestation. We exist in a world of miracles, and yet we still believe that miracles are outside the realm of our creation, outside the realm of our possibility. That's why we still need to act. That's why we still need to move. That's why we still need to do. Because we don't believe in ourselves. Because we don't believe in the power of energy. We don't believe in the power of creation and manifestation. We don't believe in the power that we have through our discovery of quantum physics, which has always been there. Look, the unified field has always been there, brothers. It's been talked about for, again, it's been talked about for thousands of years. It's just that science is now saying, okay, yeah, it's, it's here. <laughs> we, we can actually do this. And maybe if we start teaching it to our kids, then they will be able to do this. But right now they, they can't because we're not teaching it to them. And we can't because it wasn't taught to us. So we have to unbelieve what we already believe. And what we believe is that we can't. What we believe is that it, it takes matter to move matter. That we have to act, that we have to do. And that is what slows down our experience of creation. It's what slows down our time and experience of what we want to create and bring into manifestation through our thought. Because we have this slow process of doing that's why actions are still required. It's the intention behind the action that matters because the action itself is neutral. The energy you put behind the action ripples further than any movement of cellular and molecular matter. So trusting is so important, but not trusting in the conditioning, not trusting in the need to act because of the classical Newtonian way we've been taught about our world, but rather trusting in the other 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
everybody bumped into somebody else. <laughs> you know, everybody bumped in. Everybody's been a teacher and a student at some point in their life. So first, I want to offer you guys the thought upload. And I've, I've offered this before, so I'll be brief about it. I'll be quick about it. It's essentially five components, and it's a still meditation. It's a silent meditation. It can last 20 minutes if you can get into it quickly, if you can find your energy being, if you can find your astral body quickly. It can last 10 minutes, 20 minutes. It can last 40 minutes. It really doesn't matter the time so much as, yeah, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. It's not about the quantity of time you put in, but it's about the quality of energy. It's about the quality of vibration and frequency that you bring to your thought upload. So the thought upload is, again, it's a still, it's a sitting meditation. You can sit in lotus, you can sit on a chair, it doesn't matter, put feet on the ground. But it's the first component, well, you close your eyes and you're still. You, 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 you go inward and you begin to feel the oneness of nothing. You feel the oneness of the universe. Feel the face around you. Feel the expansion of you as you recognize the nothingness that's really there, the vacuum at the subatomic realm. In the universal realm, think about how far away the stars are. Stars are huge, huge balls of gas, and yet they're so far apart. The universe has so much nothingness in it. And the mantra that I use here is, it is, it is. So that's the first part, it is. It's connecting. It's to connect with the nothingness, connect with the oneness, the nothingness, the oneness, because from the nothingness, we experience the, the oneness. From the vacuum, we find the connection, we find the entanglement. From the expansion, from the vastness of the universe, we find the Big Bang. Everything is one. So begin there. It is, it is. Then you move into I am. And here's where you align with consciousness. Now, you move this consciousness from it is to I am because you are a part of it. It is not separate from you. It's the energy that's within you always that you are sending out through your intention, through your thought. But you got to align that heart. you got to bring your heart into it. So you got to have that I am. you got to know that you, your heart, you, as not you as the identity, not you as the story, not you as, a, as symbols, letters typed on a birth certificate. That's what your name is. You know, your name is just ink on a piece of paper. You know, it's bits of data in a computer maybe at this point. We put them all in the computer. We digitized everything. But it's just a story. It's a story. The true you is everything. And it connects with it is. It connects with that all one is that source. That's taking the stone and dropping it into the pond. That's what you do for the first two pieces. After that, you set your declaration. You speak your intention. You say it out loud. It's a declaration. It's not a question. You're not begging the universe for anything. You are the universe. You're just declaring that this will come into being. The same way God said, let there be light, you are saying what? Whatever you want to say, right? Whatever your declaration is. Whatever you want to manifest, whatever you want to create, feel, experience, whatever that is, you declare it. And by being in that alignment, you are, that's the dropping the ripple. That's when you are, whatever it is that you, whatever stone it is, whatever you set up above the pond in the first two pieces, the it is and the I am, when you drop that and set your declaration, that's the ripple that you send through the pond. That's the ripple, that's the shimmer that you send into the unified field. At this point, it's done. Brothers, at this point, it's done. It's, you've sent the ripple out. But I like to add two more pieces to the thought upload. The first is gratitude. After you declare, you, you be grateful. It's done. It's done. Thank you. And this is a part of the law of attraction because gratitude draws your future self to your present self. 
as you're grateful for what has happened, it draws what has happened into your present. And that's what I mean when I talk about the, the quantum physics, the mathematics of time. There is no time. Time is one. Your future self already exists in multiple positions, in an infinite number of positions, in a superposition. And all you need to do is declare it into the universe and be grateful for experiencing it. And it just draws in, it manifests, it pulls into your experience. And after gratitude is trust. Let go. Stop trying. Stop working so hard. Stop struggling so hard. Stop putting so much effort into it. Stop trying to make it happen with matter. Trust. It's done. It's done. It's there. Hold on to it, knowing that it's there. Don't try to convince yourself that it's there by maybe taking more actions. Just know it's done. It's there. It's good. It's, we're, move on. Same way you know it was 5.30 when you woke up or 6 a.m. when you woke up. Well, it's not 6 a.m. anymore, but you moved on. You're not thinking about it anymore. It just happened. It's there. It's done. That's number one. That's the thought upload. And I've talked to you guys about that before. Another way you can do it is, you know, it's kind of like breaking the rust off, right? It's kind of like, it's, 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 the analogy that I use with this one is taking one of those snow globes. If you've ever seen one of them snow globes, you pull them out around this winter solstice and they got like maybe trees and houses in there and it's a globe, it's a ball, maybe so, maybe like softball size. And there's a bunch of little white shavings in it. You shake it up and it looks like it's snowing inside. It's got water in it and it looks like it's snowing inside. So you shake it up and you move all that all that white matter around. It's kind of like that because you have energy. You have this astral body that is full of energy, right? The kundalini energy, the astral energy, mental energy, all of it. It's all there because everything is one. It's, it's all working for you. And we want to get it active. We want to get it moving. We want to break off the rust, right? We want to grease the hinges. We want to shake up the snow globe. So another way to do it is through an hour-long moving meditation where you spend 15 minutes shaking your body, just shaking your body. Try not to think about shaking. Try not to create any pattern of shaking. Just shake it. Just shake it out. Shake it, shake it, shake it. 15 minutes. Then for another 15 minutes, move your body. Celebrate your body. Do some fluid movements. Do some yoga. Do some dancing. Just kind of move around fluidly. Again, without mind, without consciousness, let your body move and celebrate. Then sit for 15 minutes and let that energy move. The energy that you moved in the first 15 minutes by shaking it up, Right? That's the snow globe. And then the second 15 minutes, by letting it dance, by letting it kind of exist within you and feel its way around you without you trying to control, without you trying to, you know, put your mind into action. Again, let the energy act for you. Let the energy act through you. And then go sit and see what comes up for 15 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes is lying down, lying on your back to really ground again, bring your body back to a grounded state. So that's another thing you can do. You have to do these without expectation. Expectation is a part of the trying process. Expectation is a part of the I am not complete process. I need this thing to change me, fulfill me, fix me, enlighten me process. There's none of that. That's all trying. Just do it. Do it for the experience of it itself. Right? That's why I don't need to give you too much guidance on this. When you come into the academy, you'll understand. We'll get into, you know, you'll have soundtracks and everything. But it's having the energy itself wake up. You don't need to do anything, brother. And certainly don't expect anything. Just allow the energy to, to come into its own consciousness as it does. Maybe it'll, after th two weeks, three weeks, maybe it'll just hit you. Boom, it's there. Maybe after two or three days, it'll hit you. It's there. But either way, it doesn't matter. The expectation is a resistance. And then finally, we, can, we do walking meditation as well. And a walking meditation is something where you 
set your brain waves, you create a certain brain wave pattern in, a, in stillness by utilizing consciousness to connect to the energy that you've already awoken in the snow globe work, the breaking the rust off work. So you already are aware of it. You shift your consciousness to it. Set that up in your state of stillness and then hold it as you walk and notice the world. Because that's really what we're doing when we're creating. We're noticing. We're noticing what we want to see instead of what we think is already there. A big part of creation is noticing. Noticing what it is that you're choosing to see. It's collapsing the infinite wave of potential into the particle of experience that you're choosing, not the particle of experience that you're assuming. And brothers, we do all of these in the academy. All of these help you engage with energy and put you in a different state of being, a state of potential and creation. And again, I teach all of these in more depth. The academy is a part of the curriculum of consciousness expansion. Next week, we're going to talk more about consciousness expansion in part two episode of that series. But what I'm going to say next week, compared to what I'm telling you guys now and this week, it might even blow your mind even more. Matter moving matter is yesterday's news. And I know that sounds funny because it's like, oh, come on, Kevin. How am I supposed to get that glass of water? I got to stand up. I got to walk over there. I got to pick it up, raise it to my mouth. And because you believe you have to, you will continue to have to. I'm not saying that just because you believe that you can move the glass of water towards you or that you can create salivation in your mouth without drinking water, that you can just quench your thirst. <laughs> yeah, am I talking water into wine? Am I talking moving mountains? Absolutely. Am I saying that you're there? No. Am I saying you'll get there in this lifetime? Maybe, maybe not. What I'm saying is you'll get closer. You get closer to seeing the miracles that are happening around you every single day. You are in a state of creation every single day, every single moment, brother. I know it's a responsibility. It's a beautiful gift, a beautiful responsibility. And we as a species are moving towards it. We're evolving towards it. And we're at this precipice where we get to live in a time where we can begin to do it. We're going to build a foundation for the next generations. Build a foundation of how energy moves matter for the next generations, around how consciousness creates results for the next generation. So that we won't be locked in this paradigm that our parents were and their parents were and their parents were and their parents were and transferring this prison of reality down through our genes and our, and our stories. You are a miracle worker. You are a mystical creator because you're an alpha male. And that's what I have for you this week. Until next week, my brothers, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.